Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley, a podcast about making things up, making things happen. I talk to different creative people every week about how they do their thing, and this week I'm talking to a creative person named Christy Strong. And uh, she's somebody that I met doing an on-camera gig. We were both talking heads, talking about films and stuff. Um, and it turns out she has a really interesting side job. She used to do a lot of editing and uh, film production type stuff, and now she is the brand ambassador and social media manager for Kiva Confections, which is a line of edible marijuana products. And so we're going to talk all about that and, and what it's like to, to shift out of the show business game and do something totally different. Believe me, I think about that concept every day. <laughs> uh, before we get to Christy, um, I just want to say happy holidays to everybody. I'm actually in Arizona visiting family. Um, I'm going to be back in LA for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, but um, I'm here in my hometown and it's always nice and beautiful skies and good Mexican food and um, lots of love and fun. And uh, I wish you a happy holidays wherever you are. Um, if you want to shoot me an email, um, just use my regular email. I check it more often. It's dhensley at aol.com and put um, Dennis Anyone in the subject line so I don't get it confused with spam. That would be awesome. You can also visit dennisanyone.net. Uh, there's a donate button there if you want to kick into my virtual tip jar and help me keep the podcast free, pay for things like web hosting and things like that. It really helps me do that. I appreciate it. Um, and that's about it. All right. Um, enjoy Christy Strong. All right. I am here in my kitchen with today's guest, Christy Strong. She is a social media manager and the brand ambassador for Kiva Confections. And Kiva Confections is a brand of what? People are going to be really like... Into, into this uh, intriguing twist in my podcast. Yes. We are a cannabis chocolate company. Right? Come on. <laughs> I'm being at home for Christmas with a little tasty treat. Yes. So you do their social media. You like yes. do you tweet and stuff on their I behalf? I do. I run Facebook. I run Instagram. I run, run Twitter. We're on Mass Roots, which is a cannabis-themed social network. Wow. That we recently moved into, and it is a lot of fun. That's so wild. Now, yeah. so what are you, Instagram pictures of people using the product? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, people eating chocolate just looks like kind of people eating chocolate. Right. So Unless just they're really advocacy, having a good time. Yeah. Advocacy content, absolutely. Patients taking pictures of their products. We, you know, re love reposting that stuff, right. any stories of how people use it, any advocacy content that touches us, and then pictures that we generate, like, of our factory, we just moved into, like, a new, huge warehouse, and it's really beautiful, so, Where you know, is it? It's in um, Alameda, so okay. Northern California. Nice. Yes. I want to talk about how we met in a kind of a random way. Yes. We are both on camera talking heads in this thing called the Ultimate Countdown, which is this company out of Paris called Prime Entertainment that I've worked for for a long time doing these little on-camera talking head showbiz things. And then they end up showing them around, like, Belgium, and I don't know. They never played here, but I've done a ton of these shows for these men. But they've started a new one called the Ultimate Countdown, which is kind of like Best Week Ever. Yes. And we're both talking heads on it. Yes. And you're really funny. <laughs> Which is so How random. How did you get that kid? <laughs> um, if you're so not again, in the field. Was, like, this it's is not when like I was just kind of like really going out there and like looking for just whatever jobs on right. Craigslist. And I came across this and it, and it said it was looking for film enthusiasts. Yes. And I'm such are. a film aficionado. I love talking about film. So they asked me to sort of just shoot a little video of myself yeah. talking about my favorite film, which is Enter the Void, which right. is this crazy, like, you know, psychedelic, like yeah. really slow, like really long film. 
And um, and then they chose me for it. And I'm like, I'm talking about celebrity plastic surgery. <laughs> I know. It's random, right? It's not what I had Well, they do, one, they do one episode that's like, you know, best sex symbols or hottest sex symbols right. or all this stuff. And then, the, then you get the new list and it's like, Plastic surgery nightmares. I know. I'm such agita when the the list comes in because I'm like, I'm not a comedian. And I'm like, am I supposed to be knowledgeable? Am I supposed to be funny? Am I supposed to talk about their acting careers? Like, I don't really know who I am. You did an amazing job. Because I was was behind the camera filling in for Mm -hmm. the regular producer, getting getting the other people's sound bites. And you were so... A, you were, like, informed and fun and had, like, an enthusiasm about it. And you had interesting points to make. Mm -hmm. You were very... They were lucky to get you, is my point. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I always, like, joke with my friends. I'm like, I have no idea, like, what they call me on this show. Like, Christy Strong, like, blank. Like, what what do they (laughs) they think that I am? I don't know. But, you know, the the people in Belgium aren't complaining. So, you know. Works for me. Works for you in the check (laughs) Actually, they pay you cash in the day. It's so delicious. Three crisp $100 bills. Best job ever. Oh, my gosh. All right. (laughs) How did you get involved in this world? Because I know your background is in production. And, yes, in and editing. Um, it's so random. Um, I basically was really tired of working in the industry and the kind of I jobs I was getting. <laughs> and so I did a Craigslist search and I decided to just kind of throw away anything that I'd ever searched before and literally was just putting in keywords like creative, inspiring, flexible, just like the type of job and life so and inspiring you know, what I wanted. Here. And I found this job and it wasn't anything I'd done before. I I don't I'd never done sales or anything. I never worked in cannabis. Um and they, they put me they've really vetted me. I had three or four interviews and the rest is history. It's been an amazing experience. That was in um March of this year. March of this year, yes. so almost a full year. Are you yes. coming up? And do you love it? I love it. It is... Why do you love it so much? So, the industry itself is incredibly exciting. Right now, you know, most industries are dominated by sort of like large corporations. It's all about the bottom line and money. And cannabis is just sort of burgeoning. It's a $3 billion industry right now, but the projections are like... Right. Bigger than, you know, the health food industry. Or There's no Viacom industry. of cannabis. There's no right. Apple of cannabis. Exactly. No, you know. So it's really people who care about the medicine. They care about helping patients. It's forming all these little companies. And those are the people that we, like, that we interact with all the time. Those are the people we see at collective events. Then there's the people who run the collectives, the bud tenders who are really, like, informed on the products. Bud tenders? Bud tenders. That. Yes, that's what we call them. And, um, yeah, so the, the community is really tight knit and, um, it just has a really special feeling. And then of course we're actually helping people heal themselves, which is an incredible thing to be a part of and advocate for. How often do you interact with actual patients? Um, People that are dealing with cancer or this or that? The the brand ambassador part of my job, what that entails is actually going to collectives and giving out free samples of the chocolate because without trying it, you walk in and there's just a whole variety. Do you have a card? No. Well, here I have a story to tell you. Uh Okay. So we, I'll tell you now. That's a problem, Dennis. No, I know. No, no. Here's (laughs) here's what happened. Okay. Last year, August, I started having digestive issues and I know they were stress related. Um, and one of the doctors I, I saw thought that it might help me. So I went to my practical, my uh, primary care doctor and got a card, right? And I went to... From um, a primary care doctor? Yeah. That's very unusual. Yeah. Very he, he, few of them are willing to prescribe cards. Right. No, he, he is. Um, I know he deals with a lot of uh, gay men, and yeah. so maybe there's some um, 
I think some people use it for HIV and things like that. Mm-hmm. So yes. he, he was willing to do it. And, but when I got to the dispensary, he didn't do something right on the card. So it was like not going to work. And the only way I could get my pot that day was to go to like a place with some other doctor that would just, um, give it to, you yeah. know, you have a, yeah, a pot doctor. Yeah, They're yeah, everywhere. So, but when I go in there, when he finds out I'm a writer, he's like, well, I have a book. Oh, and no. he starts talking to me about his book. <laughs> and he's like, how about I read you a chapter? Oh, Los Angeles. And I'm, I know, right? <laughs> and I'm just hey, like, at least it wasn't so... a movie pitch. No, no, no. Well, he wants it to be a movie. <laughs> he, he's got, there's a deal in the world. There's a whole thing. He just, and he read you, you know, he read a chapter. And meanwhile, I'm not feeling well. I'm like, I just want to get my thing. And, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's really good. You have a really great voice. And he's like... You know, so I, so I said, so, so with my digestion, I'm wondering, he's like, hold on, I just want to read you another chapter. Busts out, he reads me three chapters before he finally gives me my card. So I get my card, and I go to the thing, and I've never smoked pot, maybe once before, mm-hmm. twice, and didn't have great experiences or bad, like, it didn't, I don't know, I wanted to like it more than I did, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you they, paranoia, anxiety, any of that stuff? No. Hmm. No. Um, Make you tired? No, huh. I don't know. I just didn't feel... The second time was... was I enjoyed it more than the first, but I didn't really enjoy it. Got it. Um, and so uh, they, you know, they started me with, like, um, an edible. Yeah. Like a little Tootsie Roll thing. Mm-hmm. And the first night I took a little tiny bit of it, and I was kind of weird and whatever. The second night I took one, and I had the worst time on it. How much did you take? I don't know, not very much, but oh, I'm a, I've never done anything. Some of them are really potent. That's yes. another part of my I job. I literally was... educating patients yes. on how not to take too much edibles. I did. It's a really unpleasant experience. A really good tip for you if this ever yes, happens again. Yes, if I again, ever were going to do it again. Because this stuff's looking pretty delicious. Yeah, is you can actually take a CBD-only product. What does CBD, CBD mean? So, uh, cannabis has all of these cannabinoids in it, which are compounds that are healing and all work together in these incredible ways in our endocannabinoid system, which is a regulatory system in our body, in our brain, in our nervous system, in our immune system. This is why it works for so many different diseases and ailments. Right. So there's THC, which is the most popular one because it's the only one that gets you high. Right. There's 85 other ones, which we're just discovering. The other well-known one is CBD, cannabidiol. And that is the relaxing, anti-inflammatory, it's anti-convulsive, it's anti-spasmodic, it's more healing. That sound, all those words sound amazing it's to me. amazing. So but it doesn't get you high. It doesn't get you high. It actually counteracts THC. Okay. So what's happening now is companies are breeding plants and individuals are breeding high CBD plants to sort of like have a different, relaxing, less psychoactive experience. Right. So if you have too many edibles um, or you have too much of any kind of marijuana in any form, because there's so many forms, you can take a CBD-only product like uh, Chiba Chews makes a CBD-only product. Um, There's patches. There's tinctures. There's You just have to sort of search around for it. Um, Mary's Medicinals just came out with a rescue remedy, actually, and it just cuts down your high. It takes away the paranoia. It takes away the anxiety. It helps you land again. That was so weird, because I was watching television. I was watching the Colbert Report, Mm -hmm. because I wasn't able to sleep. I was having such a hard time. And he would get to the end of the joke, and I already knew the end of... I felt like I'd already seen it. I was, <laughs> so I was, maybe you psychic is what I was saying. time traveling, basically. <laughs> I had already been to the end of the joke, and now I was back in the middle of the joke. And <laughs> it was like that. Well, it's it's good to know that like there's people that are really doing the research on all of this stuff and figuring out how... Because it's... 
the wild, wild west it in a way. It really is. We are at the very beginning of understanding this because research has been stifled for decades, which is kind of devastating because it's really so helpful for so many people. Right. Because I, there were so many, the, the things that you talked about that, that could have helped me, but it, it just, I had such a bad experience on it. Well, it probably but, has to do with your particular system. Yes. So the way that the endocannabinoid system works is that... Um, a lot of people need supplementation. So those are people who do really well with cannabis where they just have like it, it, the endocannabinoid system brings you to homeostasis. So it just creates stability in all of these different areas. So you maybe already have enough natural cannabinoids in your body. So supplementing that just takes you kind of overboard. It's actually not as helpful. In which case, what I would recommend is microdoses. Microdosing is the future of cannabis. The most powerful way to use actually marijuana is in very small amounts throughout the day. So you have very light psychoactivity, but more of the anti-inflammatory, healing, relaxing properties. Right. So that, I think, is going to be the vitamin of the future where people are taking vitamin C, echinacea, like they do now. Yeah. We're going to be taking specific formulations for our bodies of high CBD cannabis. Do they, does that exist now? Like, if yeah, I, if I, like I, I, you can find different products and, right. and I can, you know, help you figure out how yeah. to use them. But the education is not entirely there yet because right. it's all so new. Right. Now, were you a, a fan of cannabis before you got the gig? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I'm not much of a drinker. I've always oh, yeah. preferred cannabis, but... It's funny. I mean, the stigma is definitely fading, but it's it's not considered, you know, you can't go to a bar and just kind of like right. use cannabis. So, um, yeah, it's something I've had to maybe put in the closet that now I'm delighted to sort of like bring right. out and dance around with. <laughs> how, how do you use it in your life? Um, I basically microdose with it. So one of our company's um, products are our terabytes. They're five milligram doses. And they, it's a little, um, it looks like hair gel dish or, <laughs> or like it's, chewing tobacco. These are actually empty, but it's, yeah, it's right. just, it's a tin. And inside are these sort of little like bonbons. Um, we have dried blueberries covered in medicated hybrid milk chocolate or right. um, coffee beans covered in basically hybrid dark chocolate. Right. And so since they're five milligrams, that is one of the lightest doses that you can actually get out there. I right. would love to even see one milligram doses in the future. Right. Um, but for lightweights like me, this is the perfect amount, just one. Because everybody's system is different, tolerances vary from literally like, you know, five milligrams, three milligrams, all the way to 200 milligrams when you're ingesting right. it. Because there's people that use very, very high amounts of cannabis and their tolerance just goes through the roof. The good right. news about that is you can easily reset your system. You just take a smoke break, you know, a week or two off, ideally a month will completely reset your system. That's amazing. I know. It's literally impossible to overdose on this. How did you learn so much about it? Once you um, got the gig, was it just... Exactly. Uh, it's because I do social media, so I'm constantly reading the research and stories and patient you know, anecdotes um, and seeing what I want to share with our fans. So it, I have read so much. <laughs> what, tell me some about the individual people that you've met and how yes. their stories have uh, Oh my God, it's very so wildly... Um, I guess I'm, I don't, it's hard to say most passionate about the one that's getting the most attention right now is, um, epileptic kids. Um, they're using, 
um, high CBD, sometimes high THC oils to control C- their... CHB is the... CBD. CBD is the healing, is the one. healing one, the yes, other one's the THC high THC one. THC is the high one. Okay. But there's something called the entourage effect, which is that all of these cannabinoids work together like really well. So there's a synthesis that happens when you use them all. And that's why whole plant medicine is so important. In a lot of states, they're passing laws that are like CBD only. They're like, great, we'll just get the healing part out and that's all we need. That is a major problem because there's people that that is not going to help at all. You actually need THC. You need to have a little psychoactiveness. I think, you know, the metaphor that I always use is that you need to get a little bit out of your head in order to heal. Right. Um, so yeah, so I've seen, you know, parents of kids with epilepsy, um, I talk to cancer patients. How do they use it? Um, they're, they're not, no, they, they use, um, basically like concentrated oils. That's one of the most powerful ways for them to use it. Also cancer patients. There's this guy named Rick Simpson who discovered how to make basically like a concentrated essential oil out of cannabis and he healed his own skin cancer with it. If you mix it with coconut oil and put it on skin cancer, there's like tons of pictures online. It just kind of scabs over and goes away. Um, because basically the cannabinoids eat away at the cancer. Again, you know how the system promotes homeostasis in the body. Cancer is, is not about stability. So in order to help the healing of the patient, um, on all levels, cancer cells basically commit suicide. Wow. That's what happens with it. That's kind of remarkable. Yeah. Now, what are these trade shows and events like? Where do you go and what are they like? Right. So, um, High Times is one of the biggest publications. They have, you know, cannabis cups where you enter in, you know, all your products in these categories. Um, I go mainly to collective events. So just like individual dispensaries where I do very much like one-on-one patient conversations. There's also industry only business to business trade shows where it's just like everybody who's in the business is trying to like network with each other and like, you know, leverage the relationships and stuff like that. But again, like you said, it's the wild, wild rest right now. So there's this feeling of everyone kind of trying to figure it out and bring, bring best practices from other industries to this one. And try to avoid something like, you know, big marijuana happening. Right. I was just reading the New York Magazine story with Willie Nelson, and that's mm-hmm. his big oh, thing. Exactly. He want to I, I would love to believe that it's possible to keep that from happening, but that's just the way of money and capitalism yeah. in our it's country right now. Yeah, yeah, it's what happens. Are there any celebrities that have used your product and tweeted about um, it? Bill Maher or anybody? Um, one of my favorites, um, because she's super cool, is Zenny Jardine from Boing Boing. Um, she followed us and has retweeted us before. Um, she is that a band? Um, no, it's a it's a um, online tech blog. Okay, um, a really big one. Okay, and um, she had breast cancer, and uh, cannabis absolutely saved her. Um, she used, I think she used edibles. Sometimes she used smoking, and it's particularly effective because not only does it help sort of. Um, actually heal your body of the cancer. It helps relieve the symptoms, um, especially if you're also getting... Um Chemotherapy? Thank you. Exactly. You uh, don't even know the word. I know. I totally <laughs> um, You're so about the other <laughs> I am. I know. Yeah, yeah. So chemotherapy, um, you know, people are unable to eat. They're unable to sleep. Um, cannabis helps with all of those things. That's awesome. Yeah, no, so you I, can use it in conjunction. I uh, have a friend whose mother has MS, and, yes. and marijuana has been a big help to her. Exactly. Huge. Neurodegenerative diseases, um, brain injuries, all of that stuff. Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, yeah. incredible effective for them. Now, I was reading in your bio that you volunteer at hospices. Yes. Have you, has there been any crossover 
over between your volunteering and what I am working on that right now. There is, you know, I think some hesitation with that because it's not federally legal yet. Right. So to go through an organization and like, you know, provide hospice patients with cannabis as much as I'd love to do that. I have to sort of like go along with the flow of legalization and the growing uh, understanding. Protocol of everything. Exactly. So that's why I'm really concentrating on advocacy right now. So the more that people understand how effective this is, the more that together we're going to move the conversation and hospice organizations and other organizations will be open to um, suggesting that for, you know, making it a part of the. medicinal protocol. What's it been like for you to volunteer in hospices? What have you looked... I mean, you think that the the obvious conclusion would be, well, it makes you appreciate every day you have. Right. And all of those sort of things. But right. What's, what's, the, um, what's it been like? It's, um, it's kind of an honor. It's really beautiful. You... Um, you visit a patient um, sometimes once a week. Um, I've had a patient that lived for about four months after I started visiting him. So I got really attached to him. And then, um, he, when he was gone, it was like very fast. Um, and then I visited, I've done visual, visual volunteering, which is you go when someone is expected to die within 24 hours and they don't sometimes have friends or family that can come visit them. So it's just about sort of like holding their hand, um, and being present for that process. Like death is an unbelievable process to witness. Many people see, um, relatives, people who have passed before them. There's a lot of like hallucinations and like visions that happen. And, um, the last woman that I sat with, um, I was holding her hand, like when she actually passed. And that was just, it was a really beautiful experience. And I was, again, I felt honored to be there for that. Do you literally see the life leave somebody's... Do you, do you see somebody's... Because I remember seeing a loved one after they had passed, and they and it, it was gone. They were yeah. gone. There's something that's not there anymore. Yeah. It's, it's, I think not, the energy in the room changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's nothing... I thought I would you know expect to see something, but it was more um, how things felt changed. All of a sudden, I was, I was like sharing space with another human being, and then they were gone, and I was just alone. Wow. That's intense. Yeah. All right. What's your favorite product that you sell, that, you, um, that, you, that, that the company makes? I, well, I'm a dark chocolate fan. Me too, because I can't have dairy. Yeah. Oh, I'm with you, girl. Um, okay. So the espresso beans are really yeah. awesome because... They're, they're doing studies now that actually microdosing all forms of drugs like psychedelics, caffeine, whatever it is, is the most beneficial way for your body to take it. So one Kiva at like terabyte espresso bean, five milligrams, you know, a little bit of caffeine gives you just a little bit of that caffeine kick. It gives you a little bit of the psychoactivity. It makes you relaxed. It's um, sativa and indica. Do you know anything about strains? I do, okay. but I forgot. They taught me when I first got my car. Right. And- so sativa comes from, that's the strain of the plant that is just very like, it's very tall. It's, you know, very like, you know, just kind of reaching for the sun. Whereas indica is like kind of like shorter, squatter, squatter like bushier. I love that and- you have these images like they're almost cartoon characters. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And um, the indica, I think, is um, it's more concentrated, dense. So it's a heavier high. Sativa is right. the cerebral high. It's if you want to sort of be creative and have some some focus and, you know, do some work, whereas 
Indica is more of the the body high, where you're just like they call it couch lock. If you take right. too much, you're just like oh, okay, you just kind of slide progressively right. down. <laughs> Sounds wild. Yeah. Now, what kind of um, stuff were you doing before you got into this production stuff? But I yes. read that you were in Southeast Asia for a yes. time. Yes. So I was working on a movie for a number of years that shot at Burning Man. It was a. Um, it began as a documentary and then evolved in sort of this like hybrid feature film, and we ended up shooting around the world because newsflash, you can't shoot an entire feature film at Burning Man. It's one week. So that's why it took like years to work on. We'd go back to the event and then we'd shoot in other similar locations like Africa Burn, which is Africa's Burning Man. We went to the full moon party in Thailand, um, just other kind of events like that. And, um, yeah, so I traveled. So how many times (laughs) did you go to Burning Man? Um, this past year was my sixth. So you're there, mm-hmm. and everyone's just there to have fun or party mm-hmm. or do their thing. Not only there's and actually you're trying to make a movie though. It's, oh, the, the, yeah, the energy is the opposite. <laughs> yes, nobody exactly. wants to help you get your shot. Right, right. Well, we had a very small footprint, and everyone who was a part yeah. of it was like very dedicated. Right. But it's there's so many distractions. It's, oh my I would God. not recommend to anyone to shoot a movie at a festival. No. Um, but yeah, most people are there to party. But there's also this incredible sort of um, workshop shop crowd there and there is just like world-class yoga one-on-one healings reiki breath workshops like any kind of healing modality you could ever imagine they offer it free there that's awesome so that's that's the challenging thing is how to balance that out sort of like self-growth transformation all that with partying your face off yeah so you either have to sacrifice the night or sacrifice the day it's really really tough wow now did you guys get your film done um, the film is in New York. It is. It is not somewhere you can okay. watch it right now. Partially because it was not a sanctioned film by the Burning Man organization. I so see. that is to be continued. I got you. Yes, I got you. Mm-hmm. What's like you talk about healing and Reiki and stuff like that? What are there things that you've really explored and that you really advocate for? Absolutely. I mean, um, I, I advocate for basically any healing modality. I think that they all work if you put your intent into it. You believe that it will work. I I think that um, you know, of course there's snake oil salesmen out there. There's things that are just completely illegitimate. Um, But a lot of these things that people are, you know, would rush to discount are incredibly effective. There's one that I discovered at Healing uh, at Burning Man. It's called um, Tapping. And basically it takes the same principles as acupuncture, which works on your meridian system. The meridian system is an energetic system in your body, and there's all of these sort of like um, points where the energy is expressed and how it's like flowing through. So acupuncture takes needles and it allows flow through your body by sort of hitting these points. Tapping, you know, no needles, you do it on yourself, you hit those same points on your body. And you can actually release emotions, you can go into... Um, deeply held trauma and just kind of like go through like literally saying out loud your stories about it and kind of cycle through and you'll have and I've been at Burning Man with literally like 200 people sitting there tapping and people are just crying and holding each other and it's like you you wouldn't think that that would be effective it sounds crazy but it works wow now when you go to Burning Man do you take a lot of costumes 
Oh yeah, you got okay. to. You yeah. go all the way. You go all the way. I mean, again, the first couple of years that I went was all about working on this film. Yeah. So now, in my later years, I get to actually like have some fun and kind of make it about me. So this past year, I went. You know, I had a headdress. Um, my bike looked like this kind of like vulture animal. Like I'm, I'm. You went there. You yeah, did I went it there. Long. I've never <laughs> been. You know what I think? I always think, oh my contacts. I'll get dust in my contacts. Oh no! That's how I think about. Stop it. You will, but yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I know. it's so worth it. Yeah. Do you do you miss uh, editing, filmmaking? Is I there do. a part of you that feels like that's what I need to be doing? No, or no. Does this because feel like a little detour, and you'll come back. Absolutely or? not. Like, if anything, what it feels like is that I'm finally in the right place to use those skills in the way that I always wanted. The reason I got into film is because I felt like it was a culture generator, and it had the ability to touch many, many people. And I believe that it could be effective for human transformation, bringing down higher consciousness ideas, right. all that spiritual fun stuff. Um, so I, w- I personally was never able to really um, achieve that in film. I worked on some cool projects, um, but with cannabis, I think that synthesizing those skills with film and storytelling and editing, that's what I'm interested in moving forward, is doing content, doing education, um, so yeah, really kind of bringing it all together. Using all your skills of this exactly. world. Have you started to do that yet with your social um, media stuff? Or? Yes, a little bit. It's storytelling. You're right. It starts, you know, film, um, can be a little bit more expensive. So we're starting with just like visual photographs. Like let's like in this new year, that's a new focus, like yeah. telling patient stories and yeah. So you, you, you clearly somebody that has observed a lot and, and really believes in the benefits of this stuff. Have you ever heard a story where somebody just had a really horrible reaction or um absolutely you know I mean? like, it's, it's a- mostly from over ingesting again yeah. cannabis is in no way toxic to the human body so the worst thing that's going to happen to you is you are going to get uncomfortably high you're going to throw up you're going to be um you're going to have the spins a little bit which is really funny because you know cannabis is anti-nausea so you would have to have taken a lot to actually be nauseous from it. Um, But your body knows how to process it. Our bodies produce cannabinoids naturally. So cannabis is basically this supplementation that can happen from the outside. Um, So yeah, so I actually hear like almost every event I go to of someone who took too much. Um, a lot of companies don't have proper sort of like, um, dosaging suggestions on there. It's so different from person to person. Again, anywhere from five milligrams to 200 or more. Um, there's a type of ingestion out there right now that's called dabbing. Have you heard of that before? No. Um, dabbing is you basically take a highly concentrated like cannabis, oil, which is, um, called shatter is one of them. And it's up to 90% THC. And then you like light it with a blowtorch and it's like the, the hit you get off of it is almost like a triple bong rip. I've never done it before because I love my low tolerance because it's cheap. Exactly. (laughs) And so dabbing to me, you're also just blowing out your endocannabinoid system. And then, and then you're just going to like starve it the next day until you have another session. It doesn't make sense to me unless um, you're a patient with incredibly high tolerance who is using it medicinally and this is the only way that it can be effective for you. But most people who are dabbing are using it sort of like recreationally to just it's see like the new, how yeah, high they can it's go. It's like their thing. Exactly. Wow. What was, when was the first time you smoked pot? Um, I was actually in 
high school at a, um, a thespians conference. Of course. And of course, right? And I remembered vividly, we were all hanging out in the parking lot. I went to performing arts high school. I read and, that. Um, I'm so jealous. Yes. It was the best experience of my life. And, um, and a friend of mine, like they, you know, they told me how to do it. They got me high. And then a friend of mine was like, moving's really cool. And I remember she took my hands and she walked backwards. Like you would have think we were, it's like how when people roller skate backwards, right, but right, we right. were just walking. Right. <laughs> and I remember like, Oh, yeah, I feel it. It's like a, you know, like a time warp or something. Um, it was almost like a psychedelic, like the first time I yeah. remember trying it. And then since then, obviously, it's just kind of relaxing, giggly, right. all that. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you picked some questions from the observation. Oh, yeah. Deck. All right, let's run some. Let's yes. see. First up, we have, where's the coolest place you've gotten to go for work? Um, well, that would have to be um, the trip that I did around the world, which one of those places was Egypt. Wow. Um, I got to go in the um, the largest pyramid, the Great Pyramid, um, which I don't believe is even open to the public anymore. Right. And in the Great Pyramid, it's... Like, there's nothing in it. There's almost, like, kind of, like, an empty sarcophagus. It's kind of, like, boring to look at. So most tourists go in. They look around. They're like, hey. They, like, take a picture. doesn't look good. They leave. Um, and I had this sense that there was something about the acoustics in the space. And because it's such a small space, they only let a couple people in at a time. So I waited until the other tourists left. And then I just started singing in the space. And it was the most beautiful, acoustically perfect sound I've ever heard in my life. It was like choirs of angels singing back to me. And I was like, this place was built like, you know, for acoustical properties. I was like, sure, there was healing properties to it. Um, So that was, yeah, one of the most incredible places. What did you sing? Just like, just like pretty things, just like not even a song. I couldn't even think just like, you know, like notes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Has there been a time in your life where you really needed healing for, and, and that, and that oh, has helped you? Oh, absolutely. Um, after my, like, so part of making this film was getting into this crazy relationship with the director. So I was, like, editing the film and I was producing it. And it was, you know, everything was just kind of, like, and blurred was, together. You, and you and were we were traveling involved. the world together. We couch surfed around the world. And were you a couple? And we were a couple, exactly. Right. We started dating throughout the, you know, the yeah. project's process. And art was mirroring life, was mirroring art. And it was just, you know, super dramatic. I saw um, some of the videos on YouTube, I was like, what's going on with these two? Like, there's something going on. Yeah. But yes. it's exciting and sexy. It was very exciting. So, we were living in Thailand and Chiang Mai when we decided to break up. And That's where um, you want to be if yeah. you're ever going to break up. Jesus. No, do not do that. Warning. Abort. Um, you are as far away as possible from friends, family. It is a nightmare. I don't mean to laugh, but the idea of like... Having your worst emotional moment mm-hmm. and being somewhere like that. Yeah. It oh was it God. ended up being beautiful because Chiang Mai is the oldest city in Thailand. Yeah. Um and so it's filled with just like incredible Buddhas everywhere. Temples. Temples and yeah. like yeah, so I would just go to a different temple every day and just like cry in front of a Buddha. And then I went to <laughs> India as one does. And um and Is that an eat pray love thing? <laughs> I did. I kind of did. Toke, pray. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, and then I came back to the States and moved to Venice. And for me, it was about walking on the beach. Definitely like had a little vape pen, would walk on the beach, putting, put your feet in the water and just feeling that tide come in and out. In that summer, um, I believe that I just like completely just healed that experience, healed older relationships I've been in and just kind of like prepared myself for like just the next level of relationship and I got it. 
like did right you? after that. I sure did. Good. Incredible is it still in it? Still in Good it. for you. Live together, like madly in love. What does he think of the products? He loves it. Right. He, he actually, um, he's like me. He's a lightweight. Right. He's more of a drinker and he loves smoking. He's uh, more of like a spliff person. So a little bit yeah. of tobacco and stuff. Um, so he was actually, um, poor guy, uh, an interesting case study on why you do not want to mix alcohol and cannabis. Right. So he had um, basically like 15 milligrams, which is not a high dose, and then drank a high alcohol content beer, and he passed out. Yeah. Yeah. That's- so so that experience has like has made me passionate about telling people like listen how to use it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because when I was when I was trying it, I mean, I really tried to be clear to people that I was new and mm-hmm. all of this stuff, and I still had a horrible time. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where to go or how to deal with. It. Yeah. It was not. I'll help you. Uh, will you? I know. Yeah. I might t- dig my foot in here. Hey, you have these things that look like bigger chocolate bars. Yes. So we have, yeah, so we have... People, um, would that be... Somebody wouldn't so eat one of those in a day. People do. People yeah. eat these in one session. People can eat an entire 180 milligram of our bars in one session. Again, just tolerances vary so wildly. Yeah. And then the 60 milligram, that's the regular strength bar. And then the minis are basically just the squares off the bars. I see. We have 15 milligrams, which is one square. You can see we actually... Show yes. patients how to use it. And then 45 milligrams is one square off the 180 nice. bars. So it just makes it, you know, it's more portable. You can try yes, different flavors. Exactly. They look yeah. like little tea bags. We got options. I know. It's good. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me see what other questions. Yeah. What's the worst thing that's ever gone wrong for you on stage? Because you're a performer as oh, well. Oh, um, yeah. Not in a long time, but yes. So I was in middle school and it was this like... Um, murder mystery play and at the very end the lights blink off and they come back on and everyone on stage is supposed to be dead so I had crutches at the time Uh, I dislocated my knee (laughs) Um, and so I lights go off I slump over in like a terrible position and after the lights come back on we're actually on stage for another like three to four minutes while the prologue is happening and I was like teetering and like uh, like gonna fall and like so it was this horrible sensation of like I'm not supposed to move and I don't know if I can help it moving and it was just like you know sweat pouring down oh and of course gosh. like my mom's in the audience like you know like you know worried and kind of laughing at the same time at me and it was it was rough <laughs> did you hold the pose I held the pose you made it through I'm a professional you are you're a pro <laughs> so you can't argue with that what was your favorite or most memorable birthday that would have been when I was traveling on the world, I was in Wollongong, Australia, wow. um, which is this beautiful little town right on the coast, and I jumped out of a plane. Wow! On my birthday, and it was. And I, I highly you had recommend. A parachute. I had a parachute. I was supposed to do that in, <laughs> in New Zealand. They canceled it because of oh. weather that day, and then I ended well, that's up doing smart. something else. Yeah. I, I highly recommend that. it to people, um, especially, like, don't just do it because you want to do it and, like, go to Van Nuys. You know, like, go somewhere beautiful because you want to see just, like, a inspiring, like, vista. Actually, Van Nuys wouldn't be a bad spot because you can see the ocean, you can yeah. see the mountains. That's what I would recommend. You want to be somewhere where it's just, like, incredible views. Um, the, when you actually pull the cord and you're free falling, that's a horrible experience. That you're like, that's when you're like cheeks are like right, flapping yeah, 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 like yeah. that, and um, and it's just like your your heart's beating. It's just like very uncomfortable. Right. And then they pull the chute, and then you're just kind of like gliding. You actually get that bird experience. That's where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. But before that, you didn't love the free fall. Oh, the free fall is horrible. Wow. And you were with tandem with another person. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. It was 
awesome. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Miami. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you know my friend Felix from back then. Yes. Felix is uh, the older brother of one of my best friends from high school. Okay. And Felix, um, yeah, so we went. he went to the performing arts high school I did. Uh, his yeah. brother went to the performing arts high school I did, so yeah. The first time I ever tried marijuana, I was with him. No way! Yeah. And we went and saw the movie Alexander with Colin Farrell, that Oliver oh, Stone God. movie. And I, I remember thinking no, halfway you through. Have a bad experience. I, I remember thinking halfway through, I'm not high enough for this shit. <laughs> but, <laughs> I didn't. I wish I'd liked it. I didn't love it. It was okay. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. But yeah. I, I like what I liked in the couple of times I tried it for fun. Yeah. Was the bonding with the people. Like, I remember, like, that's kind of the fun of it. Yeah. I tried it once in Palm Springs with some other friends. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I wish I were better at it. It's communal, you know? Right. There's something about, like, I love all the new formulations that are available out yeah. there. Like, you can get a tincture, you can get a patch, you, you can get a this. How does somebody keep up? Uh, You're in the business, and how do you keep so, up? So, um, basically, like, you have to find an awesome collective. Just like go visit the local ones in your neighborhood. It's a dispensary, yeah, exactly. Okay. It's what we call them here. And um, find a favorite bud tender and um, someone who's really knowledgeable about the products there and what's coming through. Find one with a huge variety. I mean, the the range of collectives that that are out there varies wildly. There's some that just look like glorified yeah. head shops, and there's some that look like Apple stores, you know? So find one that feels right to you with people that you trust, build relationships with them, and they will hook you up. (laughs) Right. As it were. Uh, What I love is that even though it's become legal, Mm -hmm. and especially for medical, and and other states or whatever, Mm -hmm. it still has that, that, uh, Reefer Madness stigma? Yeah. Yeah. But it also has that friendly vibe. Oh, yeah. It also has that sort of like, you know, uh, hey, he'll hook you up. Come here. Yeah. That kind of thing. Exactly, because it's about healing. It's You know, it's kind of the antithesis of the pharmaceutical industry. Like, we're not, like, paying anybody off to, like, get you on this stuff. It's like, we want you to try to use it and see if some formulation of it can work for you. Because, again, there's this system in our bodies which we're just, like, discovering and learning about. This plant was kind of made for us. So the chances are that it could help, you know, you or anyone with something or is pretty high. What's the most gratifying part about your job? What are, what are the... What are the moments where you go like, wow, I, I, I'm in the right place. I like that I'm doing um, this. Oh, God, there's so many. But but it would have to be talking to patients and them just thanking me. Like, because we sort of, you know, post, you know, which collectives we're going to and, you know, where our sampling events are happening, we have super fans that come in and are like, oh, I'm so excited I get to meet you. I've been wanting to tell you. Like, I love this product so much. I use it to sleep or I use it to be creative or I use it this way. There's so many different ranges. And because it's so, you know, discreet and portable, it's just like, it's, it's just a really fun alternative. And edibles also last like six to eight hours. So that's just like an incredible, you know, way to ingest it where you don't have to sort of like always be trying to find a place to smoke and dealing with that. What about like this bar, this bar, how much would that bar go for? Um, this bar is, um, the collective's kind of set prices, sure. sort of varies, but the average is $10 for 60 milligrams. Right. And the triple strength bar, um, which is 180 milligrams, retails for around $20. Wow. Mm-hmm. Have you been to the place where they grow the plants? 
Um, I have not. Because that would be really interesting I, to I, see. I have been to some, actually. Yeah. I've been to some um, grow houses. I've never actually been to an outdoor one, which I'm dying to see. Um, but they are amazing plants. They're really beautiful. Yeah. They remind me of, like, almost like, you know, Fibonacci sequence. They just have this sort of, like, the buds just are sort of, like, reaching out and, like, have these incredible, like, twisting formulations. And um, it's just a miraculous plant. I love it. What's something that you've done using cannabis mm-hmm. that was a totally different experience than not? Mm. Like people say, oh, I went to Disneyland High or I did this right. or that. Right. Was there anything that you've done that was like, oh, this was so much better this way? Oh, God, like everything. <laughs> <laughs> what haven't I done with right. cannabis that doesn't make it better? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good, you're very good at your job. Thank you. So you went to a high school performing arts. Was it yes. like fame? Um, it was exactly like fame. Oh. We were like dancing in the hallways. Oh. The clicks, instead of like the jocks and the nerds right. and the this, was like the artists, like who were like way too cool for school. And then right. like the drama nerds who were right. all like wacky and stuck together. And then the dancers who were all like gorgeous and had crazy bodies. And, right. you know, and so, and everybody got along. And which and group were you in? I was in the drama nerds. Drama nerds, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, who would have been considered cool? If you were we were all cool. That was amazing. It was yeah. because you had to um, apply to get in, and they would go through your portfolio, or you'd have to do a monologue, or whatever. Right. Um, it was a highly selective process, so we all felt like, oh, we're, we're pretty special. Yeah. And so you you get very special people, people who are you know really excel at their um, their art forms. Right. Now you moved into cannabis after the entertainment business got a little annoying. Yeah. What What about <laughs> it? What were the the entertainment really, business. Yeah. What was it? What were you um, like? For I'm, you me know what? personally, I for me had now. a lot of trouble having actual career growth. It was a lot of like one-off jobs for usually um, like kind of unstable people. I <laughs> like people you. would start in production companies that had a lot of like promise behind it, but then they just had you know trouble like following through, and so. I don't know what it was about me that would sort of like match up with these people, but I, I also write and I can, you know, produce before and stuff. So I have a lot of different skills. So I try to sort of like bring all those together and help people sort of like make their dream projects happen. Um, but there wasn't a lot of, yeah, ascension, um, on that path. And, um, I get that. I know that. I was also on, I think the wrong track for a long time. I, I kind of like, um, I didn't, and that's not that I didn't think I was a creative I was very set on going through the studio system, right? And um, and with the idea that eventually I would be like green lighting, like like I said, conscious, transformative, like you know, amazing movies. And um, it it wasn't like that. Right. <laughs> so did you I get realized, into the studio? Were you on that path? I was definitely on the path. I did a lot of um, I did a lot of personal assisting. I did yeah. a lot of um, like talent agency assistant. Just a lot of desk work, literary yeah. agency, and um, you're just kind of rolling calls. And depending on the temperament of your boss, which usually they're very stressed out. There's a lot of like you know. Um, just like things that they're juggling, they take things out on you. Well, they're so fear driven. Yes, it's exactly. So everyone's it. freaked out, and that's why the marijuana industry is so different. It is the opposite of that. It is all hope right now, all like visions of the future and what's wow. possible. Because not only can cannabis like heal the human body, then you've got hemp, which is a whole other can of words, right. worms, which could um, end our reliance on all kinds of gases and fossil fuels and 
textiles and you know so those two together are just like this like unbelievable dream team that I really desperately hope that we take advantage of in the future that's a very very uh, nice sentiment and a nice way to end it you're very good at your job thank you I think you found it in a so great place so are you are you going to put these uh, these are good stocking stuffers <laughs> they are a right Kiva in the morning <laughs> it's true exactly alright well thank you so much how can people learn more about what you do um, you can go to kivaconfections.com and okay. you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Awesome. All right. Well, Christy, thank you so much for doing the podcast. And um, that's that's about it. Have a happy holiday, too. You too. Thank okay. you. Bye. Thanks again to Christy Strong. Uh, check out Kiva Confections, if that's your thing. And um, it was really fun talking to her about all that stuff. All right. So this happened. I went to see Star Wars like everyone else on planet Earth. Um, but I was able to go to a special screening at the WGA on Saturday after the movie opened, and there was a Q&A with J.J. Abrams, Michael Arndt, and Lawrence Kasdan, who co-wrote the script. And it was one of the first times I think they were able to really talk about stuff, because everything had been so um, kept under the vest, you know? And it was great. First of all, the movie was a ton of fun. Everyone knows that. Um, But some of the things I took away from the Q&A were... They said that the first thing that they talked about when they sat down to figure out the story was how does a Star Wars movie make you feel? And they wrote those adjectives up on a board and they tried to always remember that. And I think that this new movie captures that in such an amazing way. Um, Other fun stuff that they said, um, J.J. Abrams talked about getting Ewan McGregor, he had to do one line voiceover for the movie and uh, that he showed up, he was happy to do it. He rode his motorcycle there, looking like a million bucks, so handsome and sexy, did his line and hopped on his motorcycle and, like, sped away. And it was just like, what just happened? Who was that guy? Um, So that was cool. And there were other fun things that they talked about. Um, But my favorite thing, and and then, okay, so then I come to my hometown in Arizona, and there's one little movie theater here called The Roxy, which is where I went to the movies growing up. And sometimes it's closed, and sometimes somebody's got a new owner, and you just never know if the Roxy's going to be open or not when you come home. Well, I did a little Google search before I came here, and lo and behold, it was showing Star Wars. So the Roxy is stepping it up. They got Star Wars on opening weekend. And so last night, me and my um, sister and brother-in-law and a bunch of grandkids went and saw Star Wars. And it was kind of, might have been one of the only times in my life that I've been to a movie with family. I I remember going to The Sound of Music with my mother when I was a kid, and this may be the second time. It's just not something that happens, and it was really cool. Um, And, you know, the place was packed, and it was where I saw the original Star Wars, so it was full of nostalgia, and back in the day, they used to show double features, and about ten minutes into the second movie, they would put a piece of paper under the projector that said, Snack Bar Closes in Five Minutes, and everyone would get up and go get more snacks. But I, when I think of, like, auteurs like Tarantino and Spielberg, I, you know, having a note put on top of their movie that says Snack Bar Closes in Five Minutes, I don't know. I don't think they would like it. But it's all part of the experience of the Roxy. But it was super fun, and, you know, I've been reading a lot about Star Wars. And there's one thing that nobody is talking about, but I'm not imagining it. Poe and Finn are kind of in love. Right? They're having a full-on bromance. They light up around each other in a way that is so... I mean, you don't have to, you know, 
major in gay studies to make that leap. I just feel like there there's a bromance happening there that uh, is palpable, even in short little moments. Like they're getting on the plane and one looks over the shoulder. I don't know. Somebody could edit together a full-on love montage with those two and they would give you the close-ups to do it, is my point. And I don't know why no one's talking about it, but I'm not ashamed to or, or afraid to. All right, uh, that's it for this week. I'm going to go walk around my hometown and get some Mexican food and um, see if I can find soy milk for coffee. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, happy holidays to you. I'm hopefully going to do one more of these before the new year, and I have a cool guest lined up that I hope works out. So um, thanks for listening uh, today and all your log, and um, we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye!